0: Hello everyone, before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to apologise for any dodgy cuts and transi- transitions in both the visual and the audio of this week's podcast. We've had plenty of technical issues with cameras, with Wi-Fi, with microphones. It just all seemed to hit us at once. I really hope it doesn't affect your listening or visual sort of or watching pleasure. And don't forget, drop a like, drop a subscription make sure you share it and drop a comment and enjoy this is episode four of the biff rugby league podcast hello everybody and welcome back once again to another episode of the biff rugby league podcast robin's back this week but for those of you on youtube you can't see him um he's just moved house he's kind of half settled um before we sort of go into anything else how are you robin
1: you good I'm good, I'm sorry I wasn't with you last week lads, I, <laughs> did, I didn't watch it back, another thoroughly enjoyable episode and uh, congrats on making it to BBC Radio Leeds, that was um, the craziest thing I've seen all week to be honest. Yeah I don't usually
0: like, I, I don't like usually listening to us back but like cause I just can't stand the sound of my own voice but that's the first time I didn't mind listening to it and we got quite a lot of good good feedback from that so I was pretty happy and pretty chuffed, They're just shame you couldn't be there
1: first
0: of many yeah first of many and he's they've invited us back at the end of the season so well that's what he said that's what he said to us anyway he said see you at the end of the year so we'll think, think fingers that, yeah. crossed we'll hold him to that um toby how are you this week
2: yeah I, I'm, I'm quite good it was obviously very exciting um i think all my friends and family now know that i'm on a podcast because <laughs> I, I could not tell them about our uh our week we had
0: and
2: uh, <laughs> I'm excited to keep talking. Now it's really motivated me to uh, to delve into rugby this week. So good. Let's go.
0: That's exactly what we like to hear. Yeah, like um, like the boys have just said, we were on BBC Radio Leeds, me and me and um, Toby last week, which was absolutely surreal for the both of us. And I don't think we could quite believe it having chatted afterwards. So massive thanks to James Dayton and BBC West Yorkshire Sport Daily for that. That's absolutely huge and. We weren't expecting to be on local radio, especially BBC local radio, that soon. But we're going to jump straight into it this week. We've got we've got quite a jam packed show. We've obviously we've got a story of the round. We've got a new Hall of Fame inductee. We've got our NRL watch coming up. But first of all, obviously we had the challenge cup, and we've got player of the round. Team of the month will be out on social media. So we'll um, we don't we're not really going to t- discuss it, but we'll uh, we'll make sure you guys see it, and you can make sure you hit us up on social media about that as well. Robin, we're going to come straight to you. You're busy this week you've You've had a week off straight in with it. It's your story of the round man, it's back
1: yeah i mean i've got I've got some catching up to be right so I, I, this this um story has sort of been brewing. I think ever since the um the original fixtures came out for the Challenge Cup and we worked out who could play who in the following round and and we saw this fixture lined up. it was like pencilled in for story of the round. And um, it's the, the game that the game that I've picked to focus on is the army versus the navy, and obviously you don't you don't really need to explain why that's a massive game, why there's such a big rivalry. But I went in and I did a little bit more research because I thought there's there's probably there's probably more to this story than I even understand myself, and there is. I've I've, I've dug up a, a, a story that that like most rugby league stories goes all the way back to 1895, <laughs> and um, basically for those who don't know the birth of rugby league the, the Northern Union split from the RFU and rugby league was created in its infancy and the RFU didn't want rugby league to happen they they wanted to keep the, the, the sport of rugby union as, a, as an amateur sport um, but the, the Northern Union wanted to pay its players so the people in positions of power within society who were for the RFU used their power to ensure that Rugby League was banned from most educational institutions and, more importantly to this story, the Armed Forces. So any player, so there was no, no Rugby League in the Armed Forces, it was totally banned. Uh, and any player playing Rugby League during this time would also be banned from playing any form of rugby via the RFU for their sins of playing League. Um, and that ban lasted from all the way through um, until there was a short period during the Second World War when the Northern Command Sports Board um, held sympathy for some northern soldiers who wished to play rugby league. And so they set up a, a number of unofficial matches between um, some of the northern clubs and some army rep sides. Um, but this it only lasted until the end of the war, um, and the relaxation on the ban was lifted. And the, the Northern Command Sports Board, they didn't want to um, challenge the domination of Army Rugby Union because it probably would have led to further punishment and they probably would have had loads of things revoked. So they didn't challenge it. And so the ban remained in place um, for almost another half century until 1994, when tireless efforts by uh, inspirational players from from the Army, Navy, RAF, uh, MPs, the RFL, and um, other stakeholders managed to lift the ban of playing rugby league in the British Armed Forces and the sport achieved a formal recognition. So this was huge, huge step. Army Rugby League was created almost immediately. The Air Force and Navy followed suit in two years later and then another two years after that, respectively, and the game in the Armed Forces has grown from strength to strength. There's now more play- more playing opportunities than ever for um, personnel or veterans. There's men's, women's, thirty inside, masters, tow- touch, tag, disability, Wheelchair Rugby League um, and as we saw this week teams from the British Army Royal Navy Royal Air Force take the field in the, in the Challenge Cup in service competitions uh, the President's Cup uh, they play against UK students uh, they've been doing pretty, pretty well in the women's game as well uh, and the Army now has regular presence at our biggest occasions from Wembley to Old Trafford and our international fixtures. And this weekend, the uh, we saw the army take on the navy in the second round of the Challenge Cup, and this is the first time in history that these two sides have ever been drawn against each other in the Challenge Cup. So I'll set the scene, and I'll just say the navy earned their spot first with a convincing win against Bridget and Blues, uh, and then the army came from a we watched them come from from a thriller as these two went into depth on last week. Uh, the following day to earn their spot and now I would like to pass over to Brad <laughs> who was fortunate enough to be at, at a packed out all the shots to see this historic and intense clash in person
0: uh, and it was it was genuinely packed out the fact that their band lasted 99 years like all rugby league was not played in the armed forces for 99 years and then you're looking at what's that 32 years later what's that 1994 what's that eight years till 2002 28 years later even not 32 that's awful maths um 28 years later is it 28 years yeah 28 28 yeah. years later to for these two teams to play each other for the first time in the challenge cup it was it was it was unreal i'm glad that the sportsman showed it i'm glad that it got picked for coverage and I'm glad that the coverage didn't affect the number of people inside Aldershot. Like I've been to Aldershot before with Bedford Tigers to see the women's game, and it and it's nice when there's a few people sat there, and it does and there's a bit of atmosphere even when there's only like twenty, thirty people there. But the stand was packed, the touchline was packed on the side of the stand. I mean, you probably couldn't see a lot of it because of where the cameras were. It was absolutely rammed full, and you arguably the navy fans were louder on the day but it just it, I don't know the game lived up to the expectation the atmosphere lived up to the expectation the spectacle that the army put on lived up to the expectation the fact that the challenge cup was at oldershot was fantastic as well like to get that close to such a beautiful trophy like if anyone gets the opportunity to to see that trophy like up front and find your team's name on it especially if they've only won it once it's it's unreal to just see it's it's just an amazing atmosphere and then we've got a golden point thriller like 10 nil down to come back 16 10 or like sorry was yeah 10 all 10 all down 16 10 back to 16 all oh it's absolutely unbelievable and the army probably neither team deserved to lose at the weekend like we are gonna get into the bit of a challenge cut fixtures roundup Shortly, but neither team deserved to to lose, but both teams deserve to win. Um, just unbelievable, and these lads will get signed. Like these lads that don't play for professional teams, there's a chance that these guys get signed. We looked at the likes of Ratu Nel Lago last year, played for the playing a lot of rugby league for the army, and now he was playing. He played a lot of time for Hull FC before scooting over to Rugby Union. There's players out there not just in the men's team you look at the women's team as well you've got Carrie Roberts plays for Saints Beth Dainton playing for Harlequins like these girls are international level players playing at the top level but also very much happy to represent their country on the field off the field and just be absolutely superb people it was just I, i'm so glad, i'm so glad i got to go so so glad and you know what it was worth the 4 hour trip there, near near four hour trip there. Yeah, I was a bit. We we were left a bit early and stayed in London for a bit, and it was worth going back to London afterwards to make up to the misses. The fact I dragged her all the way to Aldershot, but it was it was really good. I'm glad we went, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Royal Navy play York Acorn in round three, which we'll obviously get into a bit. But that it, it's a wonderful story, isn't it? Just in all,
2: you are taking the Mick with the games you've gone to in the Challenge Cup. <laughs> you had a thriller in uh, the London Chargers game in round one. You've had a thriller in this Army-Navy game in round two. So I think whoever you choose to go to in round three... It's lined up.
0: It's lined up. I've got either I'm going to Portsmouth to watch the Royal Navy versus York Acorn, or the preferred game, because I've got to please the, um, the better half, is London Scholars versus Hunslet Club Parkside. So, I think I might, watch, I might I might pop down to London again and then maybe in round four, we might all get to go to York, uh, to watch New York play Newcastle.
1: Let's do it. Let's
0: do it. We said we were going to try and get up there this week and meet everyone, but with everything going on in everyone's life, it just didn't, didn't really work out. But we need to round up the Challenge Cup fixtures. Yes, the Army versus the Navy was the highlight of the round in terms of the fixtures before the week. But there's one one game stood out more than any other, didn't it this weekend, Toby?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I had to think for a second. <laughs> he was, was like, like, "Which I'm game? Like... I've, I've, <laughs> this I've thrown win. this to him." Six 0 Swinton win. Yeah, of course. Um, Lock Lane pulling off an upset that none of us saw coming making us all look like the worst predictors. <laughs> uh, well, way.
0: only only me and Robin were bad. You got five <laughs> out of six this week and you can't complain about getting this one wrong.
2: But yeah, it was absolutely incredible to see all the, um, what new relegated side into League One as well. As a side you do expect to be at the top of League One this season. And they lost to Lock Lane, um, probably <laughs> one of the most outstanding performances and amateur sides ever put up in the, um, in the Challenge Cup. Oldham, I do I wouldn't say they played bad. They were definitely struggled to connect their plays, but I think they were strong through the forwards the whole game and Loch Lane just matched them um incredibly well and it would lead us into talking about the player of the round that we um that we discussed um ready for this and that would beat locklane's Lane's uh, half back or, or five eighth I think he played in um Nathan Fozard.
0: Yeah, Nathan Fozard is the the Biff Rugby League player of the round. For the fact that the first player from loch Lane, the first player from the National Champion, uh the sorry, the National Conference League, but not quite the first player to win player of the round. Obviously, he joins Eric Sims from round 1 of the Challenge Cup. We had championship players playing this weekend and this guy stood out above above so many others, like Ryan in scoring four, Nene McDonald getting a hat-trick on debut for Lee, Adam Endersby, Jamie Fields putting in massive shifts in the front row for their size respectively, uh, Jack Bussey and Brandon Pickersgill are unbelievable for Featherstone Rovers last night on Premier Sport, Johnny Griffiths, James Tilly, R- Danny Johnson, these guys all standing out for the Royal Navy against the Army, but Nathan Fozard was was quality, he ran the show didn't he?
2: Yeah he puts the kick up on the first try and then Oldham sort of fumble with it, he collects it and scores the try himself, he then gets the assist on the second and third <laughs> try and converts the, the fourth <laughs> try as well as the second and third try along the way um, he was outstanding for locklane he was he was the difference, he was the one player this, these were two sides who physically they match each other quite well I wouldn't say Locklane Lane dominated the battle any more than Oldham did when they were had the front of football, but the difference was in the way the halfbacks played, and Nathan Fossard he might have a contract coming his way um from from some semi semi pro team
0: yeah I and mean, you you said it last night, you were saying to imagine if like the Cast Tigers probably need a few of these lock Lane lads, and I know you said it a little bit of a a little bit of a jest, but there'll certainly be some championship and league one clubs knocking around, especially that forward pack. Who were dominant last night i thought not last night sorry sunday night last night instead so but no we need to get we need to crack on but congratulations to, to nathan Fozard, player of the round second player of the round uh from the biff but we'll we'll round up the the challenge cup we've already spoke about lock lane we've already spoke about the the royal navy but there was four ties on sunday um four betfred league one sides progressed Doncaster withstood Thornhill Trojans for a 24-6 win. Hunslet battered Keithley Cougars 22-6 in a West Yorkshire um, derby. Cougars apparently just fell apart towards the end of that game, and Hunslet was just like, "Yeah, wicked. We'll go along with that." That uh, they join Hunslet Club Parkside in the third round. Over Parkside beat Standley on Saturday. Rochdale get double representation as the Hornets won against Midlands Hurricanes. And then also, where's that game gone? Where's it gone? Uh, Rochdale Mayfield overcame West Hull by two points. Um, a game that I didn't expect to happen, but only because I didn't realise that York Acorn were in the were National Conference League Premier side and, uh, the, at the, for the new season. But York Acorn 28, West Warriors 10. Uh, Robin, you must be pretty impressed with that one, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, um, you gave West Warriors a really good wrap at the start of this year. And... Um... We thought it was going to be a challenge. I mean, I watched, yeah. uh, I've watched. i seen a, a few few highlights out there and um, there's some quite silky plays by York. So, they'll be quite pleased um, to come up with such good results.
0: Yeah, York-Acorn uh, being one of the six community sides. We've already mentioned Mayfield, Parkside, um, the Royal Navy, but they'll join Siddle, who overcame Pilkington Rex 32-10 in, in an away game. So, a nice journey there. Like we said, look, lame later we got through. The main game that stood out for me was... Oh, before we go into the the big game, North Wales Crusaders they, they had a comfortable win. Um, Brad Brennan was looked un, unstoppable at the weekend for them.
2: Yeah, I'll save my personal thoughts about <laughs> Brad Brennan um, until we've got a bit further into the season. But it was um, it was a very strong win by North Wales. I think it's that know, yeah, that's the kind of form that they played with when they were on their winning streak last season, and it's the kind of form which, given the signings they made and the quality. We know they've got carried over from last season, parts of last season. And it's exactly the result um, I think I would have expected, but you can never be too sure at the start of a season. Um, I mean, also sort of Geordie Gibson looks like he really could be pushing his way up the divisions as a, as a halfback. He's been outstanding for Crusaders since he signed from an amateur side um, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, good win for North Wales Crusaders. Um they now move on to play Swinton Lions, who could pull a double Welsh killing in the championship.: Cup. Um, yeah. round three.:
0: Yeah, what do you think of that? Like I'll, I'll probably come to you first if that's okay, Robin, on this. Two, yeah. two relegated sides from the championship, one in Oldham, who lost to Loch Lane, one in Swinton, who beat a fellow league one side, 96 nil. Does this yeah. t- does, it, does this say more about the strength of the two teams that came down? Does it say more about the strength of Lock Lane, or does it say does it tell us that quite frankly, West Wales, since they moved that from South Wales and they dropped the Scorpions name, they've not been as good. They've not been as thingy. They they signed Rangi Chase, who left straight away. Gavin Henson was signed and not played for them. They must. There's something going on at that club that isn't right, isn't it? I
1: mean, 90, 96 points is just ridiculous. You- that that's a, a a team that is, uh, if I if I was a West Wales fan, I would not be looking forward to this season because, like you say, they're in the same division and they're ninety six points off off Swindon. Fair enough, they're going to be one of the stronger sides in in League One this year, but where where are you going to pick up wins if you're ninety six points off the top? Uh,
0: yeah, Robin, you were saying obviously it's not just the the West Wales fans that you pro- are probably not going to look forward to seeing their team play. London scholars probably aren't looking forward to their team playing much this season either. Yes, they beat the Chargers, but from being twenty four nil up to drawing the second half twenty two all and only winning by eighteen points, it's not that convincing of a performance really, was it?
2: I wouldn't say it was um it, it was something that gives me hope for the rest of the season. Uh you know, London scholars and West Wales both serve a similar purpose in terms of gathering um local talent. And seeing if they're good enough to progress higher up the the league system, and um, I think Scholars sort of showed in that second half that although they probably get coached at a little bit higher level, and there's a bit more incentive for them to sort of train and play um, than at a fully amateur club like Chargers. Um, I think it's um, I, I think this is you know the best win Scholars will probably have all season. And it showed even in the second half that this isn't a Scholars team who are particularly fit. It's not a Scholars team who are going to have a, you know, who are going to sort of play hard throughout the season um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's much hope. Although I think they will beat West Wales when that game comes about. So. Yeah,
0: if the, if teams don't beat West Wales, it'll be a bit of a shock. We'll run through the the whole the whole scores from from round uh, two, and we'll briefly discuss any round three fixtures that take your fancy. Uh, Sa- uh, Saturday's results: Royal Navy fourteen, British Army ten after extra time. Uh, the Navy obviously winning that one over over an older shot. Hunslet Club Parkside twenty-two, League twelve. Lee Miners Rangers 8, North Wales Crusaders 40, London Scholars 40, London Chargers 22, uh, Siddle beating Pilkington Rex 32-10 away, Rochdale Mayfield 18, West Hull 16, York Acorn 28-10 victors over West Warriors, then on Sunday Doncaster 24-6 over Thornhill, Hunslet beating Keithley 22-6, Lock Lane uh, beating Oldham 22-12 in the shock of the round, Rochdale 36, Midlands Hurricanes 16, and then Swinton Lions 96, West Wales Raiders nil uh, away in West Wales. Still can't get over that one. Which means that in round three, only the six ties, and these League One and, and amateur clubs play or community sides playing each other again. You've got Lock Lane versus Rochdale Hornets, the Royal Navy versus York Acorn, London Scholars versus Hunslet Club Parkside. Swinton Lions versus North Wales Crusaders, Rochdale Mayfield versus Doncaster, and Hunslet versus Siddle. Uh, Robin, are any of these games
1: standing out to you? There's a few, isn't there? There's some few tasty games there. Um, I think it'll be a challenge for for London Scholars, as we've just talked about. They're, they're not looking the strongest, and and Hunslet Club Partside seem to be quite good. Um, obviously, for me, seeing the Navy take on York Acorn that will be interesting. I feel like I've followed these two teams like through the cup now, so. Um, I'm interested to see that. And I'm also interested to see if um, Rock Lane can pull off up another upset of a, a League One club. Yeah, they've got a home
0: tie this time around. Do you think playing at home against Rochdale will potentially give them a bit of a, a kick in and maybe mean that Rock Lane go into this with more confidence? Being at home, if they were away, it'd, it'd be a tougher ask for sure, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, um I've actually played at Rock Lane and they've got some really good facilities and um like castleford is a, a real rugby league town isn't it so i'm sure they'll be able to get a really good turnout to to try and like give them that extra boost so yeah it, it's it, they've got they've got that advantage definitely yeah and if they
0: do if they do win they get a home tie against championship barrow in, in round four round four ties also came out tonight we'll just we'll fly through them really quickly as well york city knights are going to have newcastle at home featherstone travel to halifax in a repeat of last year's playoff semi-final. Lee Centurions versus Widness. Like I just mentioned Locklane Lane or Rochdale versus Barrow. Batley will welcome Royal Navy or Acorn. So we're guaranteed one community side in round four. London Broncos versus Bradford uh, Bulls. The Scholars or Hunslet will play will play host to Sheffield Eagles. Swinton or North Wales Crusaders will play Hunslet or Siddle. Workington will play Dewsbury in another all-championship clash. And then Rochdale, Mayfield or Doncaster versus Whitehaven for all championship ties. There's there's going to be a lot of big teams not in this competition in round five. And there's going to be potentially loads of big teams out of the competition for round six to make it even easier for these Super League sides.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think we expressed our frustrations (laughs) enough um, a podcast or two ago about the Challenge Cup sort of structure and um how it's just shocking that the super league team come <laughs> in and play around a round of six they play around a round of 16 and 12 of the teams in it are from the same league and it just there's no spirit of uh cup spirit in that in that. It, it, i think that's a shared opinion across sort of all three of us um but the, i mean those fourth round ties and but the stand standard when they're going to be playing an, an amateur side or a rep side yeah also FaxFev is a fantastic chance to see a very high quality game and um but we won't look too far ahead to them because we're still a few weeks away from there um, we are. We'll focus on, my focus is purely on these round three ties which are actually when i look at them there's four chances for a league one club to be knocked out there's a fantastic potentially fantastic game between royal navy and york acorn which has got huge implications for uh, the fourth round in terms of one of them will be playing badly and then Swinton North Wales is a potential sort of like precursor to the League One title race or not, maybe not title race, but playoff push um, yeah. this season. So I think it's, that. As although I wish there was 20 ties in round three, the six we've got are actually quite ideal.
0: Yeah, six ties in round three, 10 in round four, and then five in round uh, five before it, everyone but Toulouse from Super League enters in round six. Like you said, 16 teams, 11 of which will be from the Super League. One of them could be a a rep side if the Royal Navy or York Acorn do a number over Batley. Probably not going to happen down at the slope. But you're guaranteed to have four championship sides out of the competition before Round 5. That makes it so much easier for the bigger teams coming through. Oh, sorry, yeah, guaranteed four championship, five championship sides to be knocked out. That's ridiculous, I think. We've discussed it a little bit and we might later in the year release our sort of challenge cup fix where we think the rfl could by taking a round out they could make it so much more competitive um by entering the super league teams into a round of 32 but we, we can discuss that and maybe we'll treat you guys to that later later in the season it doesn't take long to work out a real quality so and you still still leaving the the champ challenge cup final in may but uh we need to move on like i said robin you've been busy this week um Toby, you don't know what's coming up here. I do, but it's your Hall of Fame, inductee, or inductees. I don't know. What, I don't know how. I don't know what to call them. This,
1: yeah, this is a this is a bit of a different one, isn't it? So we haven't told Toby what what mine is, just to get his honest opinion. I don't think it's going to be too controversial, but it'll still be interesting to hear. So, um, I mean, last week we uh, Brad had a great one with uh, the volcano Vinacona. <laughs> Annoying and um, I'm sure he would have loved to have had this rule change in in his era because he would have uh, He'd have been pretty unstoppable. So my my hall of entry fame this week is the Rule change that allowed the corner flags (laughs) to become in the field of play Um, So for those that don't know in each corner of a rugby pitch you've got a a corner flag and and in the past they, they were considered out of play. So if a ball carrier was to touch a flag, then they would have to hand over the, the ball to the defending team. Um, so as as the this wasn't a problem, and it actually helped the referees a little bit because if they saw the corner flag was knocked over, then they knew that it was touched. Um, but as the game uh, evolved and the athleticism of the players increased, the margins got smaller. And so players would really push it on on the wings and try and squeeze around the outside defender to plant the ball down as close to the corner flag as possible. Um, And in the late 2000s, there was more and more of these acrobatic tries being attempted uh, and inconsistencies started to appear um, because the space in the corner or between the the last defender and the corner flag will vary. It, It depends. what is the corner flag a very tall corner flag? Does it lean inwards? Is is the wind sort of like making it move around? Um, And there's also safety concerns because as these players were sort of like learning the art of diving to score, it made more sense to try and fly towards the defender than Mm. it does towards the corner flag. So so there were some nasty head clashes as a result because of of the way the ruling was with the corner flag. And the fans were enjoying seeing these like flying tries, and and they wanted, and so rugby league um, administrators wanted to encourage more. And as with most um, innovative changes to our game, it 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 happened in the NRL first, and they introduced the rule change in in the mid uh, the middle of 2010, um, and that allowed the ball carrier to touch the corner flag without being out of play. So still, if you touch the the outside of the field of play, you're out but the corner flag is not included in the outside of the field of play anymore. So that, that addresses safety concerns because now wingers could go airborne and they would sort of go towards and beyond the touchline. So the impact from a covering defender is in a similar direction and therefore the collision speeds were reduced. Um, and also the NRL, they sort of like, they, they, they identified that eventually it, it was only a matter of time before a defender could manipulate the corner flag to touch a ball carrier. Uh, so rather than making a tackle you just grab the corner flag and touch it, touch the <laughs> tackle with it. So they wanted to avoid that, that kind of controversy. Like you, might, you could decide a game, could you imagine how embarrassing that'd be. So yeah, so they so they changed the rule and since then the art of flying into the corner and planting the ball down and then the blade of grass of the touchline is an essential skill for, for wingers. It's become a staple in their toolkit. Um, and we we see we probably see one every single game now. It's it's become so common I'm um, and, and in the Super League. You've got players like Tommy Makinson um, And Tom Johnston that have just sort of like affected the art if they, they can score a try with literally if they've given inches um, And I, I love it. I think it's I think it's it sells it sells posters like it's, it's such a great image seeing these like athletes flying flying through the air and and um, it's become it's become to Ruby league what the slam dunk is to the NBA, where <laughs> these like superstar athletes are flying through the air to score and they like posterizing the defenders. So, um, and I and I've seen loads of these tries. I think that it's such a good rule change, and there's always controversy with rule changes, but this one, I, I've never met a single person that would have it back. So that's why it's undoubtedly. A Hall of Fame entry for me. Just name those two players you mentioned again. Tommy Makinson and Tom Johnson.
0: That's quite funny because when I um, when I went to pick two images to put on our Hall of Fame inductee sort of display, I chose Tom Johnson and Tommy Makinson, yeah. <laughs> and they're both scoring tries against Hull KR, um, which is quite funny in in opposite corners, obviously for for different teams. Toby, I when I, when Robin told me this, I just said I like it. And you saw it. You saw me say I like it on WhatsApp yesterday. Um, what do you like this? Do you like this inductee? Do you think it's a good one?
2: I'm glad we got that level of explanation from Robin because I forgot we had corner flags in in rugby league for, at the start, and I was like, I've never seen these corner flags. In so <laughs> Honestly, they're always flattened from. Uh someone scoring incredible tries and the more i think about it the more iconic images i have in my head and i couldn't i couldn't put names on the faces but of someone flying out round <laughs> the side of a winger and taking the corner flag with them planting the ball down with like this much you know a tiny little gap between the, the uh the line the touch line and the um the try zone and i think it is very warranted because in the time that i've grown up watching rugby league which is what the mid 2010s when I've got into rugby league and the acrobatic tries are the thing which keep you coming back. Um or one of the few things that keep you coming back every single week regardless of a win or lose for your team. Um I think that that's actually surprisingly is what he you know, in a in a way, what Robin's put into the Hall of Fame is acrobatic try scoring. <laughs> that wouldn't even be wouldn't even be allowed no the corner football. No, I get um, that. I really hope when it was changed, it went to a very serious tribunal of traditional people versus <laughs> yeah. um, forwards versus was,
0: backs. That's what it went to. Yeah,
2: it went, yeah, I hope it went to a really big like forwards versus back tribunal. And Robin's whole the wind can change the corner flags' <laughs> direction. <laughs> it was part of that argument because I, yeah. No, but they, that is actually brilliant, and I feel real pressure to have a, to, to top that next week in our Hall
0: of Fame. Yeah, this, to, to tell you what, Robin, it makes a difference from Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow, that's for sure, um, <laughs> from from week one. We do need to move on, though, to something a bit more serious, kind of, a bit more rugby league, if that makes sense. And we need to talk championship. It returned this week, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't like what happened. I don't know what happened. Um, we lost. Uh, yeah, Fax lost to Batley, but I want to. I want to. I'll actually, I just want to start about Monday night. Um, last night, for a time of recording, Monday night. Robin, you were lucky enough to get down to the liner, the LNER Stadium, for Fev versus yeah. York. We were quite impressed with York. The first half, they weren't amazing, but they they held their own. Yeah. What that second half it was a totally different. Feb team though, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was like I think I think York sort of had a game plan to try and match Featherstone, and like you say, in the first half they they were almost there. I think if if they'd have repeated the first half, they would have still lost. So I don't actually know if they had a win in them, but there was they were like you say, it was respectable effort. But yeah, that second half Featherstone were they were just unstoppable, and and we talk about these teams in the past where. The the championship winning teams, the teams that win the competitions, they can absorb pressure. And I think York threw everything they could at Featherstone. And there was times where they would have broken through other teams. But this Featherstone side, with the experience they've got and the talent they've got, they could just absorb the pressure and keep going. And York sort of almost ran out of steam. And then by 60 minutes in, Featherstone were just running rings around them all because York had nothing left. So... Um, they, this Featherston side is really like living up to the um, the preview that we gave them over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Another team that we knew would impress us this week was Lee. They put fifty points on Whitehaven. Pretty expected, wouldn't you say? E- I- either of you? <laughs> yeah, no.
2: I, I mean, I'd say that you know it it starts my Lee underdogs to Featherston <laughs> and- 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 quite well. Um, but no I, I mean I did if anyone listened to um to the BBC sport uh, inter, well the West Yorkshire sport interview we did I did sort of change that tone <laughs> and uh, agree that Featherstone are going to win the league now but um, yeah it, I mean it's a fantastic uh, win for Lee if they're going to continue doing this for the rest of the season we will see and we will see next week on uh, Monday Night Rugby League as Lee and Feb do play each other which I do just want to make the comment about the uh, Premier Sports coverage Unreal. If you if you showed that to somebody who doesn't know and you said this is the top division of rugby league, this is the coverage we get on this channel. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that
0: on a Monday night in a in what looked like a very well packed stadium yes one of the sta- one of the stands was empty, I believe, but both ends had fans in, and the main stand was pretty rap wrapped full wasn't it as well Robin
1: yeah, I think the the attendance was uh three thousand. 000... 300 something like that so pretty good for a, a, a monday night in in january it was
0: yeah definitely yeah if it was Yeah, it's only yesterday was january um yeah. other results from the weekend uh batley beating halifax 16 nil up at one point with facts. um to then lose the game by 12 and have be down to 11 for part of the game was quite embarrassing and to listen back to that was it didn't seem like the facts. I said I said last week they need to start fast if they want to be up there and they haven't started fast at all. Yeah, players missing, fair enough, but shouldn't have started that slowly. Uh Witness putting a beat in uh, beating London down at the Cherry Red Record Stadium 3412. Over 2000 people down in Wimbledon for that one. That's positive for London, isn't it?
1: That's great. That's really really good and um mean what's the what's the travel like from witness i can't imagine there would have been like that many it couldn't couldn't have been it couldn't have been easy that's for sure it's not, it's not an easy draft journey that's that's great and i think it's really important that that london can cement a fan base in wimbledon this might be the answer that they've been looking for all these years
0: yeah, the 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 clip the kit as well with the the homage to Wimbledon is sort of like a thank you for the one season. The blue and yellow look really look really stylish. Yes, they didn't win the game, but I wasn't expecting. We're not expecting them to win many games this season. We we said the squad wasn't very strong, but they they didn't look they didn't play badly. I don't believe from what from what I've seen, what I've heard. Other results from the weekend: Bradford putting forty six points past Dewsbury as they win forty six sixteen. Newcastle comfortable over Workington twenty points to six and then perhaps the shock of the round Barrow Raiders 22 Sheffield Eagles 10 Hakeem Maludi and, and Ritson sort of you know these guys from last year Toby yeah, that was that was a pretty solid performance from the from the, the the old league one team
2: yeah it's a great performance by Barrow um sort of i think it's quite worrying times for Sheffield more than anything um you know i think Sheffield in terms of you know the part they have played in rugby leagues uh, over well, since since in over the past sort of hundred years, really, um, you know, has been huge, and seeing them on this sort of steady decline um, isn't great. But it's full credit to Barrow. Um, you know, this is the kind of performance that um, you can expect from them at their very best. Last last season, they got off to a great start and then started to slip off. But at that point, it was too late for them to be caught. Um, obviously, we're not going to expect them to be on a huge winning run. Uh, in such a tough league as the championship but this is a real test of how well they're coached now and they play Whitehaven next week in a Cumbria derby if they can if they can turn over Whitehaven all of a sudden I think we need to review our predictions yeah um, <laughs> so I believe you know, so
0: I mean I only I said on the BBC that I think Fev can go unbeaten they I last night watching them I didn't believe they were going to do that they didn't look amazing but then we looked at who which players they were missing we looked at Barrow beating Sheffield this week. They've got a really big game coming up next week. Facts need to get their act in order. Batley have got a win. Widnes have got an early win. Bradford have got an early win. York looked good. They're probably going to pick up some wins this season. But if either, if any of these sort of mid-table to playoff teams will lose for a second time in round two, especially London or Halifax, one of them two teams lose, it's going to be, it's going to be that fans are going to be look at them going. Maybe we haven't improved where we need to improve. Maybe we haven't kept the players we need to um, we need to have kept. Do you see any of these players? Any of these teams trying to sign any more players between, like now and in the next few weeks? Because they've definitely got to improve a little bit more, haven't they? Especially these not so deep squads.
1: I'd say. I mean, I mean, who's going to be available at this time of year? It's going to be it's going to be difficult if you've not if you've not got your answer ready then, um, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to try and patch it up with recruitment. You you really want to be looking at improving what you've already got at this stage. Yeah, exactly. There's a
0: player that I didn't realise that didn't have a club at the moment. Um, a player that you'll probably know quite well, Toby, and it, it's quite a good, before we shift into into your NRL watch segment, Dunamis Louis hasn't got a contract anywhere. He didn't play badly last year in the NRL. He was very good. Do you think there was
2: games Performed games when he outperformed Josh Papali or Josh yeah, Papalihi.
0: Papalihi. Uh, do you think he's a league player in the making, a Feth player? Well, maybe not a Feth player in the making, but do you think he might go to one of these top-level champ sides that are maybe looking for a bit more, um, like punch in their forward pack? Or do you think he's going to be a Super League player? Do you think he might get snapped up by uh, an NRL team for a season? Because we know he's going to the Dolphins in 2023 now, but where's he going to? He hasn't got a club for in between.
2: Look, I mean, it's hard to say if he'd want to come sort of over just for a year. Um, I feel like if he was going to go anywhere, he'd look for a nice little holiday in France. Less in your Yeah, 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 but it's, um, it's a very sort of, it'd be a great signing for any club, but um, I'm not sure, you know, whether it's something where as soon as an injury comes to a good prop forward in an NRL team, I've got a feeling that they'll just get on the on the bell on the phone to him, and uh, see see what he's saying. So we'll see. I think he might sort of wait out and just be comfortable, let COVID Australia sort of blow over, yeah. and stay nice and safe and go it's ready to start in
0: 2023. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, this links Dynamis Louis playing for Canberra, your team links really well into the NRL watch. Uh, what have you got for us this week?
2: Yeah, so this week uh, was the State of Origin wheelchair rugby league game. As um,
0: come on Queensland, come on, <laughs> up the mares. Uh,
2: yeah, in Australia, and I, it was something where I was looking through the NRL website, begging for them to give me some <laughs> news. It was—I don't know why it's played in Australian summer because an indoor sport in Australian summer must be. The most hellish. It must be
0: event. so warm inside for them.
2: The most hellish thing I can imagine. <laughs> um, but I, but Queensland beat New South Wales fifty to thirty. Come on. Match in Sydney, <laughs> and I just think it's something where it's worth talking about because we you know we we were excited for the wheelchair World Cup. Which never got to happen this uh, last year, and will be happening this year. Um, and I think you know it's good to see the state of origin, the state of origin name, is being carried across the wheelchair game now too.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I like wheelchair rugby league. I'm looking forward to watching it in the in the winter. It's not the only bit of NRL news that we've sort of seen this week though. Um, it's the All Star Game coming up. The squads were announced today. But massive name players not playing. Caelan Ponga, Jerome Luai, Nickel Klotstad, Weir and Naira, Cody Walker and Jack Whiten will all miss out this All-Star game. But someone who is playing in this All-Star game will be Albert Kelly.
2: <laughs>
0: do you think the All-Star game needs to happen for these guys? Or could they just play like a proper... I don't know what they could do. Could they bring the NRL 9s back instead? I don't know. I think
1: NRL. Go on, subs.
2: I was just. I think NRL nines is the dream, and I think it will be back as soon as um as soon as COVID free Australia yeah. uh, is a thing. But we know. We, well, we, if you want to hear our views on COVID Australia, go find some uh, <laughs> some live shows from last year. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: um,
0: <laughs> yeah, we were a bit. We were a bit. Harsh. We were probably a little bit harsh on. Yeah. On those, but yeah, but go what- yeah. Go on
2: yeah but um yeah in terms of the all-star game it's actually quite interesting how in terms of the australian public they actually respond really well to the indigenous versus maori and like you know anyone with a maori descent and anyone with an indigenous descent see it as a celebration of their culture and their heritage and their history um which is really interesting because in terms of the quality of players on show the old world versus indigenous all-stars was actually a much more enticing clash in terms of what you would actually see on the pitch mm. and who was able to play for each side but it seems to be sort of a celebrated event and uh, something that's been huge since i've been watching the rl every single year there's more to represent the indigenous people and if this is sort of you know i've got no problem with them playing this uh, play, playing this as their All Star game, if you know if that's what it means to certain communities. But it is sometimes frustrating that you know some play some actual All Star players, <laughs> don't qualify for either team.
0: Yeah, it is. It is quite gutting. We've got some absolutely world class English players that play over there that you're not going to see in a, in an All Stars game. Do you think they could bring some sort of voting system in like they do in the NBA, or do you think that's where it gets a little bit, a little bit sketchy because the teams with bigger support are going to get more players in, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think I think like Toby says, it's it's less about the game and more about what the game means and what it represents, and that's why the team selection is is based on that. I mean, um, yeah, I, 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 won't, I mean I, I don't really want to get into the whole um, Albert Kelly thing, but is he is he really the appropriate man to be sort of going into the community and doing all this outreach stuff with his history? I don't know. I think. Would you not? Is there not better placed people to do that?
0: Yeah, I think there is. I think this is where the NRL—it's probably a to- another topic for maybe a different NRL watch and a, and a more of a, a debate-style podcast, maybe during an off-season or during a long international break where there's not many fixtures. But this is where the NRL haven't always got it right in terms of how they deal with off-field issues. And Super League and haven't been perfect either. Maybe it's a rugby league thing, but a lot of off-field issues don't get sorted the way they should be sorted. Um, but that and that's how I see it. But maybe, but there's nothing. I don't think we're in a position to say how, like, how exactly they can deal with it because we obviously we don't know yeah. the the extent of what they can and can't do. We're not in that position. Yeah. And I don't. Let's not get. Let's not dig ourselves into a hole. <laughs> and let's move on to something light-hearted. Toby, you've given us three ratings on badges so far. I,
2: have.
0: I didn't show you last night what it was going to be. You picked the league for me. Which league did you pick?
2: I've, I I I can't remember what the actual name of the league is, but it's the one uh, Red Star playing the the Serbians, like Baltic. Yeah, you picked uh, the
0: Baltic Super League, I believe. You picked or the, the, you picked the Serbia You wanted a Serbian rugby league team. Um, you've been given. And I've only picked this team because we've given them kit. Bedford Tigers have sent them kit. And there's a little bit of a link and whatever. The Dorkle Tigers badge, for those on YouTube, it's on, it's on your screen. For those listening, feel free to search it up online. What are you giving this out of 10?
2: So you've just sent this on WhatsApp.
0: I have. You've only got it in the last 10 minutes. So you've only had a few minutes to look at this.
2: You've just sent this to me and I've opened it and I was trying to hold back my laughter. At <laughs> Tony the Tiger has eaten all of his Frosties, <laughs> gone down the gym, grabbed the nearest rugby ball, broke out of prison and then put himself in a tight in a bomb. I have no clue what is going on, but I will tell you now, what you know if you're gonna use the tiger's name, <laughs> you can make it a tiger with a giant bicep like they have.
0: So it's huge, isn't it?
2: I this is incredible. Um, I think that in terms of you know, they they oh, the fact that they've I don't, I don't know why there's a bomb? Why is there a bomb? Because <laughs> he's yeah. using
0: it to break out prison. That's what he's doing. He just wanted to break out of prison with a bomb to go and eat a rugby ball. I don't know what he's doing after this, but he's doing something, is Tony. I'll
1: tell you what, it's
0: no a story. No, no one's stopping that tiger, are they? He is absolutely jacked. He's
2: absolutely jacked. Do, yeah, and you know what? So because it's not. Because I think that, that a tiger breaking out of prison with a bomb to catch a rugby ball, <laughs> he's probably going to eat because he's run out of frosties, is the best sort of. <laughs> idea I've ever seen for a badge. Um, the only thing stopping me is it is the level it being too comical to a certain degree. Is thing stopping me it <laughs> in the elite, elite, elite tier? But I would say that this right here is easily in the eight point five territory. It's a winner. It's wow. the
0: it's leading. It is leading. It has gone it above is? York Acorn in in the ratings. Um, we've now got four teams rated we'll start from the bottom philadelphia fight got a six castle got a 7.5 i believe york acorn got an eight but now Dorkel tigers from the baltic super league have got an 8.5 um robin's react robin just said wow that was all wow. i got all i got was wow with the star eyes emoji on whatsapp
1: honestly 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 Normally, uh, when when dealing with these things, I, I go with the the, the design approach of less is more. But in this case, more <laughs> is more. They couldn't have chucked any more on this badge, and I honestly, this is one of my favourite rugby league badges ever for that reason. Yeah, I
0: like it. It's good. It's really, really good. I'm liking this. I'm loving the the creative aspect of this. Uh, if you want to pick a league, and you want Toby to do a badge particularly from any team, drop it in a comment, message us on Twitter. If you want to message me so Toby doesn't see it, feel free. Um, that'll be on out on socials as well. But it's time to move on to our, our set of six, just as we approach nearly the hour mark. There's seven championship games this week. And we're only allowed to pick six of them. And usually we would. I'd pick facts. I'd usually be like, Oh, we'll throw them in there because you know they're a top team in the league." I've, we've not done it this week. Toby suggested that we shouldn't do it, and seeing as they lost and London lost, it's not a very interesting game. Um, first up, though, we should. I didn't send them to you, did I? I don't think, Robin. This week,
1: I've not seen them yet. No.
0: Oh, so then in that case, and I won't make you go first for the first couple. But you've got if you want to open them on BBC while while you're sat here, feel free. But first up, Bradford Bulls at home against the Sheffield Eagles.
2: With uh, Sheffield losing to Barrow, Bradford having a huge win against Jewsbury, and we think we think that Sheffield and Jewsbury are very similar quality teams this, uh, this this season. Bradford are now at home in Oddsall. You know, I think that they played really well they've got some great try scoring um, ability and I think that they'll rack up a good 30 or 40 points on Sheffield in this one not that we predict winning margins but I'll, I'll be taking Bradford comfortably on this
0: Robin where, where are you sitting on this one do yeah. you sort of agree with this
1: yeah I, I, did, I didn't need to do my research on this one this is a clear cut definitely going to back Bradford after last week's performance from Sheffield
0: yeah a poor performance from Sheffield followed up by a decent performance from Bradford. Bradford are odds all. It's not a long way to travel, but Sheffield have got some big boots to fill. Bradford looking really strong. Um, I think it's a, it's a triple triple whammy here. We're all going for for the home side in Bradford balls. Uh, game two, Batley, after a really nice win over Halifax, traveled to Newcastle, who also picked up a win. So two teams that, that won round one. One of them's gonna lose. One of them's gonna have four points at the end of this weekend where are we going here i i think i'm going to go for the home side i think i'm going to go for newcastle here i think they've batley were really good but i don't want batley to win again so i'm gonna go for newcastle on this one i just i think they've just got something about them that will push them over there are the teams that are near them
2: yeah they're yeah um i mean i've obviously spoke well about newcastle to get them not only fourth in the league predictions but also to get you to predict them and in terms of how I see Newcastle season panning out, I should take Newcastle too, but Batley but. Has made me look incredibly smart last week <laughs> um, I fluked the prediction hoping that I'd pick up some points on this podcast I then made it as a very serious and I, I thought out the actual reasoning behind that pick <laughs> the BBC, which turned out to be the right pick, so I am a full Batley fan until they lose me a point and uh, I'll, I, will, I will Batley yeah so Although... if, so if
0: we put batley fev in one week are you going to go for batley if they, if they haven't lost you a point
2: Batley still undefeated at that
0: point then i will <laughs> uh robin still... robin we've we split it down the middle oh,
1: it's a tough one you know i was I was waiting to to hear what you both said and see if i could go for the opposite <laughs> and now you've gone 50 50 i don't know i think we've, we've predicted like reasonable season from batley um a stronger season from newcastle I think Batley will be on a high, but but like you say, following it up a second week in a rise is it's going to be tough. Whereas I think Newcastle, they've sort of were a bit more dominant, so I feel like they've they've got they've got more like in them that they can they can bring to the table. So I'm going to go for Newcastle. Nice, and
0: you can kick off game three for us, Robin. It's a Cumbrian derby: Barrow Raiders at Whitehaven.
1: Yeah, this is um, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? The, the game. Um, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. I mean, but like we, said, Barrow again, they've they've come up with a good result last week. Um, Whitehaven, the opposite. So I think just on that, if if you'd have asked me this, and I wasn't looking at last week's scores, then I probably would have gone with Whitehaven. But just on last week's scores, I feel like I'm gonna take Barrow, I think they're on a high.
0: Which, Kirby, where you heading on this one?
1: Yeah, with Whitehaven at home looking
2: to bounce back, um, you know, looking to prove that they're still a commendable side after, quite frankly, I feel like they they overperformed last season in terms of where people would have put them at the beginning of the season, but I think that's what we can expect from them now. So I think that this is Whitehaven's chance to sort of get their season up and running because Lee Lee away was almost an impossible ask. Um, And I will go with Whitehaven.
0: Yeah, I think I I see what you're saying with this Whitehaven team, but they they don't seem to have really. I don't think they've improved on the players that they lost last season. Barrow have improved slightly on the team that they didn't that they they got um, promoted with last season, and they've they're coming off a really good win. They're not having to travel that far. Yes, they're playing away at a massive rival. I think they might be able to step up and do it here and I think I'm going to, I'm going to go for Barrow on this one as well, just to split it up a little bit. Uh, game four, Witness after a big win, a welcome in Workington Town. Uh, Toby, we'll start with you on this one.
2: I think um, I think Workington are a very similar standard to London this year um, and Widness didn't have too many issues scoring points against them. Um, I don't. Th- with witness currently being fully fit, and you know not just fully fit but fresh because it's the start of the season. You know, Matty Smith got juice in the tank, and yeah. um, I think that you know that they look like they're going to have a good start to the season. Um, although they play fair in round three, so <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll have an okay start to the season. And I'll take witness to uh to to, to beat Workington at home.
0: Robin, are you are you going to make it three out of three for witness and join and join me on this? I'm going witness on this one quite comfortably, I think.
1: Yeah, I I, I can't see a way that Workington win that, so I'm backing witness.
0: Yeah, it's quite. A, we say it's quite an easy one. We we got the easy one wrong in in the last set. <laughs> uh, next up, it's you, it's your team, Robin, at home against Dewsbury. After you saw them play last night or Monday night, um, do you think that they've got to win this game? Haven't they?
1: Yeah, I think like like we were saying that they made, they didn't get the result, but there was really good signs there. Um, I think Jamie Ellis is looking really strong. Chris, uh, Chris Clarkson, the loose forward, he had a really good game, so I'm I'm backing him to be maybe our player of the season. Um, and being able to see those signs early on against a strong Pedersen side is filling me with a lot of confidence. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back York again this week.
0: Yeah, I was pretty happy with the way your your forward pack played last night, especially that first hour. I felt like their rotation in the second half maybe let them down a little bit, especially with um yeah. Paulie Paulie not wanting to come off. Obviously, what was your before I go on to Toby's prediction? What did you think of Paulie Paulie's decision there? Because they brought him over to the sideline a few times, and he just didn't want to come off, did he?
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure to be honest. I think like he was he was playing really well, and he was drawing in Featherstone defenders so he was doing his job um I, I i to be honest from the sidelines i couldn't couldn't really work out too much of it but um i i, I don't know he, there was a there was a player um in at the end of the first half when we were sort of built a bit of momentum just before the break and um Somebody had run, taken the wrong line, and and sort of almost taken the balls out, ball out of his hands by running the wrong line and catching the pass that he was expected. Yeah, and he just sort of turned around and and was like visibly like annoyed at this guy, and there's just little things like that is like maybe makes you question whether he's really has the right level of respect. I don't know. I'm just i'm just speculating but yeah definitely an odd one first game of the year what what are you sort of what have you got to lose yeah exactly you know, if you're, you
0: if, you're if your coaches are like saying come off because i want to bring danny Kermond on you're going to come off so danny kerman can get a yeah. stick and you can rest like he looked knackered towards the end of the game and he just didn't and he just like he refused to come off but we must move on toby are you gonna to make it three out of three i'm gonna i'm gonna go york at home again against jewsbury on this one
2: look i think york i think york produced more concerns for me than they did for anyone else um, I don't, uh, you know, I think their halves com- combination of Marsh Ellis didn't particularly work too well in their favour, um, and I and I think their second row, um, once K- well when Kerman wasn't playing, I think their second row both on both sides and Chris Clarkson and Paulie Paulie were a bit slow on sort of the defensive side of things, um, but I don't. I still think that this team is a step above Jewsbury. Um, um, you know, I think Jubb played really well I really liked what um, uh, Jordan Thompson did through the middle um, or I think it was Jack Team B maybe yeah Team um, B was good really he impressive played really well through the middle as well and Brining when he came on to do sort of extra, you know, the extra minutes well, um, the alternate minutes at Hooker um, played well as well so I think that there was enough there for me to sort of be convinced that York have something to build on. Um but I do have my concerns throughout the season now uh, if they're gonna stick with something similar to this. But I know there is in players you know, players there waiting to come back into the lineup.
0: Yeah, 100 Three out of three for York. We've all gone for Bradford, we've all gone for witness. we've all gone for York. Game six, are we all going for Fev over Lee or is is someone that doesn't think fever the favorite but kind of changed their mind and isn't on is 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 on the fence but leaning towards both sides um i am going to leave you till last toby on this one because i feel like you're going to shock us uh robin where are you going here
1: yeah this is like such a massive clash round 2 so it's like it's difficult to say isn't it i think uh, Widness obviously have a strong squad played well last week Uh, We've seen the Featherstone squad. We spoke about the Featherstone squad. Um, They're definitely the two favourites for the promotion. Um, So it'll be close. But I think I'm going to have to go Featherstone just based on all the things we spoke about over the last couple of weeks. Um, But I I won't be surprised if I've got that wrong.
0: I don't know where I'm going yet. So, Toby, I'm not going to put you last. I'm going to let you try and convince me to pick Lee
2: this is a hard game because i need i need to see the squads before before i pick the reason i say that is because i think the one place featherstone fell down where lee will punish them was their passing out wide was not good enough um tom holmes and morgan smith both had passes out to the towards the centers and wingers which just didn't find the place they needed to find um that being said i don't think they'll have an issue in match in, Lee in the forwards and in fact they could well even dominate Lee in the forward Jack Bussey James I think it's James Lockwood yeah okay. incredible incredible Um not a big and they were just as good on the edges even with Jesse Senegal picking picking up that early injury mm. um, which I don't think is something they're going to struggle to sort of make up for in the short term perhaps depending on how long he's out we could see in the long term sort of a change to that um, I think uh, it comes down to will they play the same half combination? Dane Chisholm is available technically.
0: Riley Jacks and could be available if he's Riley in the country. Jacks
2: could be available, and Joey Lilhuwa could be available for this too, which could change all sorts of um, all sorts of factors, um, especially you know that right centre spot. All of a sudden, do you need? Does it matter who what your playmaker's doing uh, if Joey is there in the centre spot? to do it for him, so I think it really does depend on who comes into that Featherson squad. But assuming it's you don't drop a losing team sorry, you don't drop a winning team, um, and Fev go into like the game against Lee with the exact same 17 minus Jesse Sene Lafaule, I will say that Lee currently look a little bit stronger.
0: You didn't convince me, I'll be honest. You said so much positive stuff about the the changes that Fev could make and the players they could bring in, and they still managed to beat a, a, quite a solid York team. I know you said you were a bit a bit shocked and a bit sort of... They gave you a few concerns, but I've still got Fev winning this. I, I said to the BBC they're going to go unbeaten, and I think I'm going to match you with your Batley thing. Until Fev lose a game, I'll pick them every weekend, unless it's against a Super League-type side in the Challenge Cup. I pick Fev every week. I think, I just think that's the way we have to do it. Yeah, you're taking Lee on that one, which is not a surprise. Yeah, they're your favorite. So overall, then we've both, we've all gone Bradford. We've all gone witness. We've all gone York. Toby, you've gone Batley. Me and Robin have gone for Newcastle. Me and Robin have then both gone for Barrow. You've gone for Whitehaven. Me and Robin have both gone for Fev and you've gone for Lee. Robin, we've picked the same here for every, yeah. for everything. Minds. Great minds think alike. Maybe that's why we're three or four points behind. Um, <laughs> the
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't understand how you're so many points ahead. Seeing as you're on twelve and a half, Toby. I'm on nine and a half. And Robin, you're on eight and a half. Um, but it's been a it's been a good week for for you, Toby, on your predictions, taking a nice lead. We'll come back next week. We'll talk more championship. We'll talk Super League. It's back. Um not this weekend, come in, weekend after. There may be a bumper episode after this recording. We'll have to have a little chat. Um and then we'll let you know, we'll let everyone know on social media what we're what we're dealing with that before the end of the weekend and how and how we're gonna manage that. But next week it is Super League preview, challenge cup round three preview, championship little bit of preview, we'll bring you more Hall of Fame. We'll bring you another story of the round. We'll bring you another player of the round and we'll bring you more news from the NRL and we'll bring you another badge rating. Like I said, pick your league, pick your team. If you don't want Toby to know, message me or Robin and we'll sort it out. Thank you for all the support from after the BBC on before the BBC interview from last week. Thank you for all the support and the love so far on both Spotify and on YouTube. We really do appreciate it. We're small time. We don't mind being small time but if you can help us become big time, then we'll love you all forever. I've been Bradley. That's been Toby. That's been a very, very (laughs) still Robin. He hasn't moved all night. Um, But that's been, Robin's back this week. We'll have Robin again next week. And We've been the Biff Rugby League Podcast. See you next time.
1: Goodbye.